passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw, another edition here on a Monday night live. In the Zoom room, I am John Pollock alongside Wei Ting, and we have Raw to talk about tonight from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The that butt is... of everyone's joke tonight on the show. Man, Tulsa just got a destruction from these heels on tonight's show. I mean, to be fair, it's sort of a wrestling thing, right? You know, every town really gets it anytime they run. You think Toledo, Ohio is going to get it next week? If it gets mentioned... We'll I mean, that would be the biggest insult of all, wouldn't it? Not being mentioned yeah. at all. I, I, where do you think Toledo ranks? Do you think it's it's above mention, or are they just going to be from uh, from the great state of Ohio tonight on Raw? I don't Toledo. know. Does Toledo get mentioned? I'll say no. I feel like Toledo is is might be popular enough. There's some enough recognition there. You think they would look down that much on on Toledo? I think it's borderline. I think it's borderline. It's not like one of hmm. the you know. Ohio has some major cities. It's not a. It's not a Cincinnati. It's not a Cleveland. It's not a Columbus. It's Toledo. Hmm. No offense to the Toledo fans we have out there. I don't even know what state but, Toledo's in. Ohio. Toledo's in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So, well, we'll you know see. what? Maybe maybe that's the indication. We will find out. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Yeah, not bad. You know, we've been going through definitely a weird weather in Toronto. Major snowstorm here happening in the city, so got my workout in uh, shoveling today. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow's, uh, today was uh, rather intense. Tomorrow, uh, I mean, it seems like the snow is let out. I still can't see out my window. It's just it's just feet of snow that are still covering my window, but yeah, that was a, that was a lot of shoveling today. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and a lot of... Um... Long drives to work and a lot of people calling in, you know, um, not being able to go to work, I'm sure. So just want to wish everybody safe. And uh, if you're experiencing similar weather patterns, but if you're not, then, hey, enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah. If you're outside of Toronto, if you're listening to us from Honolulu, then don't worry about it. Don't don't sweat it. Yeah. Um, but yes, we have a couple things to go over schedule wise for this week. We are going to be coming back on Tuesday night. It is the first edition of Ask Away. For the year 2022, we are going to open up that mailbag way and answer many questions for the Post Wrestling Cafe members. That is correct. Yeah, it's our monthly mailbag. So you can go to forum.postwrestling.com if you're a patron and go to the feedback section of the forum and you could leave a question. And if it's appropriate, we will answer it. And we pretty much answer everything. <laughs> yeah, so. don't uh, we don't like lists. Don't ask us your your top 10 favorite uh dq finishes or we didn't say they'd be good answers you know like if you ask a question that that's kind of difficult to answer you're you're probably going to get a and that's it bad response we we, we, we put the effort in of the effort we assume was put into the question so there you go that's uh you and i really know how to sell our shows (laughs) but tune into (laughs) it it's always fun ask away uh wednesday actually tuesday night up next they will be uh it will be Braden and davey uh, we're getting down to crunch time with Davey. When's he off? When's he uh, taking a? When's he leaving? I believe this a week. I believe oh a week is God. what he said. That's too bad. I don't think I'm going to get to see him before he leaves. Well, you can see him via Zoom anytime. I'm sure. I mean, I could. 
how different is that honestly when he's in the uk i mean it's not how how different i mean how different is that from what you've you've experienced with them over the past year uh i saw him once (laughs) once we went we we went out for lunch (laughs) he'll probably be back like it'll probably be the same duration that you've seen him last yeah, definitely could. Uh, so, so check it out. Uh, up next, live on Tuesday night, they are going to be doing Walter versus Roderick Strong, and Tony D'Angelo is going to be hosting a funeral service for Pete Dunn. Okay, that sounds nice. Yeah, NXT sure. 2.0. <laughs> Wednesday, we will have Rewind to Dynamite uh, coming your way live at 10:15 Eastern. Thursday, way it is the return of the Wellness Policy. That is correct. Yeah, me and Jordan will be back. We tentatively have a topic, but um, I, I think I want to kind of leave it, you know, to maybe Wednesday to announce as Jordan and I maybe firm up, firm it up. But um, yeah, it'll be uh, as usual th- Thursday at three o'clock. But the difference is this time the archive will not be on this particular feed. It'll be on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed, mm-hmm. but it'll be free. So simply go to patreon.com slash post wrestling and you'll be able to find the archive. Or if you're a patron, get it directly sent to your RSS feed. And then Rewind to SmackDown is on Friday night. Saturday, a special return of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, where Nate Milton will be chatting the fate of the Furious with the crew from Too Fast, Too Forever, and Benno also joining for this movie review. Am I correct with that guest list? I'm actually not sure. I I was not... 100% 100% made aware, but if it is true, I am very excited because I know, I mean, pretty Nate, sure. <laughs> Nate and the and the two fast guys are great, but if Benno's involved, I mean, the, he, he, from what I understand, is a massive Fast and Furious fan, so um, I hope you're right, John. <laughs> Nate tagged him on the tweet, so I don't, I don't know what that means. Benno might not be on this. He might be learning about this as we speak. He might not be on this show. I don't know. <laughs> Saturday night. I will be joined by Phil Chairtalk for the UFC 270 post show uh, with Francis Ngannou taking on Cyril Ghosn. In fact, I'm pretty sure Venom will not be on the show now that I think about it. That seems like that that would be a lot of time zones to coordinate. Well, I'm, I, I'm sure he, they can do it. Are they're they're chatting about the, the fate of the Furious. Maybe Dwayne Johnson's going to be on. I don't know. I have no idea. He might show up <laughs> uh, right after the Manning cast. He's going to come and do Nate's show. And then Sunday, we have WrestleNomics Radio with Brandon and Chris. Uh for those that are asking, uh, for, for the big uh, GCW show that is happening on Sunday night, we are not going to be doing a show that night, but Monday on the new show, we are going to spend pr- pretty much the whole new show talking about the pay-per-view from the night prior, and we'll likely have someone on that was in attendance at the show as well. In fact, uh, yes, John Pine will be on with us on next Monday's show because he's going to the card at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. So we will have coverage mm-hmm. of that show uh, Monday uh, on the site Sunday night, and then the two of us will discuss it next monday yeah we'll talk about it on our daily news update and for those of you who missed out today on today's daily news update it was a pretty big one we went about 45 minutes talking about all the stories from the weekend including of course the elimination chamber being announced for saudi arabia uh, cody Rhodes free agency which might be a big topic throughout the course of the week that we may revisit mustafa ali and the toronto star and the Toronto Star. Yeah, who would have thought we'd mentioned the Toronto Star? Uh, but of course, also Mustafa Ali, you know, asking for his release. So a lot of big topics, including Terminus, some of our thoughts on Terminus. So it'll be a similar format, you know, for some of these weekend shows where we won't necessarily do full reviews, but we'll give our thoughts. But, John, on the topic of WrestleNomics, while we have this space, I wanted to make mention about some new merch items at store.postwrestling.com, where if you go right now, you can see mugs, John. As you take a sip, WrestleNomics mugs are now available at store.postwrestling.com featuring, um, I think, I feel like this stuff is made for you, okay? Like, if you ever wanted a quick reference about the US TV rights agreements timelines. Many times you're... when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, when, what is the exact per annum term for raw and what is the expiration of those rights fees <laughs> if if you're simply a fan of the graphical chart work of the artist known as brandon thurston this is absolutely the mug that i think you would want um in in association with robert pearson of course the man the genius himself who designed so much of our merch uh this mug is now available at wrestle uh store.postwrestling.com for 18 dollars plus shipping and handling so check that out as well for the first time ever WrestleNomics t-shirts. Yes. First time ever. 
Also available at store.postwrestling.com for $25 plus shipping and handling. So support the show if you enjoy the work of Brandon Thurston and Chris Gullo and listen to their show and maybe sport a shirt or a mug. This could be the start of just a whole line of designs for coffee mugs and shirts. I mean, maybe he can get, I don't know what a Python script looks like, but I think it could wrap around a shirt. Just code. Sure. Yeah, I would. I mean, a shirt with a chart chart on it, I, especially charts that look like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Showbuzz is really missing out, I think, on their yeah. merchandising opportunity. Yeah, like an Austin 316 shirt and on the back. It's his Google Trends year by year. Sign me up. Don't Plenty give it all ideas. away, John. Plenty of ideas that I just have housed up here. Yeah. Uh, go check out all of that store.postwrestling.com. And of course, the daily news show. Your, your one-stop shop every single day, at, live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com slash postwrestling. Uh, maybe joined by a guest uh, this, this week, an interesting person that uh, I've wanted to chat with for some time. So uh, we will just uh, tease that out there. Uh, but do check it out, 1 Eastern, each day, live on YouTube. And if you want the audio version, subscribe at postwrestlingcafe.com. But our travels take us now to the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma where we have two shows left until the Royal Rumble. And kicking things off way on this Monday night was Becky Lynch to come out and announce that the Raw women's division has never been hotter. And she is responsible. This, this four-woman division on Raw, it's just hitting new heights. You have, you have lived through the Bianca Dewdrop Chronicles. You have sat through failure after failure of Liv Morgan going for this title. And now it's time for Dewdrop to do rise at the Royal Rumble. Way, this division, loaded, loaded. Well, I mean, for those of us wondering, okay, who's, go- who's going to be the bigger heel in this feud between Dewdrop and Becky Lynch? I mean, I think the opening statement from Becky Lynch tells you everything you need to know. This is clearly the, the most egregious use of heel logic that we've seen when somebody can say that this is the best that the Raw women's division has ever been. She, her explanation is that the fans were not clamoring for Dewdrop to get this title match, which I would say would probably be true. And Becky is the one responsible for her getting the title match. Again, pretty much true. And Becky says, I make people better and then I beat them. And Dewdrop didn't even make a name for herself. Someone else made a name for her, which I guess was a veiled reference to the departing Eva Marie. But now Becky has given her a new name. Doo-doo. From the makers of Poo Day comes Doo-doo. Well, I was going to say, you think she'll join the Poo Day? You think they need a new member? Kopi Kingston? Uh, no, stop it. Uh, <laughs> God. God damn. Yeah. Doo-doo. <laughs> Fuck. Well, we have, a vo- snot. <laughs> we have a vomiting character already on SmackDown, so oh, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're too far off. Bowel movements. You want to yeah. stay on this, this writing team for life? Just come up with, like, <laughs> defecation, fart jokes, doo-doo, poo day. <laughs> oh, that's great. Balls, you know, that's all, it's always a favorite, balls. Well, out comes doo-doo. And she explains she got the title shot for herself. Bianca is out and she tells Becky, you've been calling yourself the goat, but you can't spell greatest without EST. That is factual. Becky was scared that Belair was going to win last week. So Belair announces, I am entering the Royal Rumble and I am going to go to WrestleMania. A much longer road than had she won this match last week. But that is uh, Bianca announcing herself for the Rumble. So Liv Morgan comes out, and she, too, is entering the Rumble and tells Bianca, I'm also the one winning it. She is also going to win the Royal Rumble. They're both winning the Royal Rumble together. Oh, we've had that happen, actually. It has happened, so it it is not impossible. And and this year, you could justify it with the the two nights, I guess. Dewdrop starts snoring and calls them boring. And she calls for a referee. And yes, Becky and Dewdrop, these hated rivals, they are teaming up to take on Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. So this is our uh, our big division, the big showcase of this women's division. Got it everything was... in here. Doo-doo, snoring, 
explanations why of didn't words. they put this in the preview you know great jokes I don't think, did, did they announce anything after we went over like how will so. becky react to her new challenger this is how she reacted I mean, if they don't, if they don't announce by 1 p.m., like, who cares? Like, what effect will it have announcing anything? How much interest are you going to drive, you know, in a few hours? Anyway, whatever. This segment was terrible. It was, like, about as unimaginative and generic with forced dialogue as you would expect from these. It's the type of, of opening segment that, like, a video game could spit out, you know? There, there were some, con- and maybe this was just me, uh, noticing it more than than most weeks it's there every week there were some conversations on this show that were just the most wwe scripted non-humans interacting that you're going to ever get Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you figure by now i mean obviously they don't consider it a problem because it's been like a decade plus decades of this sort of writing. Maybe it hasn't been this bad. This is know, like WandaVision. Recently. That's what I'm watching here. I'm watching these people interact. You think it's, it's like, like a bubble universe? Yeah. I want to go to the like to the outskirts of town where it, it, it's like, am I yeah. the only human in here? In this, totally. This wild world of Seth freaking Rollins. Get into the mind of Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, no. It's Seth freaking Rollins and the almighty Bobby Lashley. No, it's it's certainly the hex. And then every once in a while, you might have somebody who actually sounds natural, who I, I suppose might have broken the spell. <laughs> oh, J- Jimmy just... Smith was like a, a, a human, and now he has <laughs> just been completely compromised. This man yeah. has just been like his. He's just wired into WWE speak now. It's crazy. It's crazy to watch. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I don't, you know, at this point, I'm... I'm I, I don't think they sense that that it's a problem because I feel like they would have done something about it, and they clearly have not. It's just continued the same way. And, and, you know, at this point, I'm not even sure if it's the process or if it's the people that they're hiring, you know, um, or if it's – oh, God. I, I don't even want to speculate. It's a, it's a big topic. Coming up later, Chad Gable and Otis are going to have their graduation ceremony. Yeah. More on that to come. But first, the tag match. Becky and Dewdrop against Bianca and Liv Morgan. Not very long here. Uh, Morgan hit the double knees, leap, leaping off the rope to Becky. Dewdrop makes the save and avoids the KOD. And then Liv tries for her finisher. And it's avoided by Becky, who just hits the manhandle slam. Dewdrop breaks up Becky's pinfall. So she goes for the cover. But the referee instructs, you're not the legal woman. So she's got to go into the corner where Becky has been laid out goes to the apron, tags herself in, and then hits a running splash and pins Liv in two minutes and 50 seconds and finishes it off with Becky taking a bonsai drop. Do you think like the, the pinfall that she did before was part of the plan? I do not think that they mapped this out saying, go for the pin, but forget that you're the illegal woman. That did feel like that was a on-the-fly moment where the referee was not going to count the woman that was not legal. Mm-hmm. To, and for for her effort, it's not like she did it so silly where she just tagged herself and pinned her. She did do the running splash to make it look a little less. Yeah. Uh, Which is why I would question whether or not it was intentional, because, I mean, if that was in, indeed a cover up, I thought it made it seem pretty seamless. But, you know, that said, in, in professional wrestling ending sequences, they typically finish with a bit of a more faster sort of pace rather than sort of that awkward start stop. But um, whatever. It was a brief match. Pushes do drop into the spotlight. I, I, you know, it's it's a pretty cookie cutter feud. Week one of this do drop Becky thing. Nothing that we've seen yet. I'm sure the match will be good, but like the feud is just at least in week one not very hot. Well, week one. Wait, it's next week's the last show. No shit, you're right. Okay, they've well, got, week one of two. Yeah, they've got this. Is uh, <laughs> we're halfway there. Reggie and Dana are in the back hanging out with Edge and Beth. I, I couldn't imagine what this conversation would have been like for 10 minutes. And they laugh off Reggie's chances with Omos tonight. And then Beth compliments Dana. And Dana is just the biggest fangirl. She is so happy to get a compliment from Beth Phoenix. And then Edge spots his buddy, Damien Priest. And Damien says hello to the grit couple. This was not ironic either. He just said this is this is the grit couple. And 
they just get into old times. And Damien, just casually, like they were out at a bar, uh, brings up the fact that I've got this rageful side that I can't control. <laughs> I get edgy. Huh. They both laugh. This is hysterical shit. This is, like embarrassing. Like this, imagine seeing this script dude, and then I, thinking like, you have to say this. My is crawling, reciting this. <laughs> it was even watching this human have to like say this. And he asks Edge for advice about winning the Royal Rumble since Edge was number one last year and won it. Uh, but they are interrupted with a note delivered to Beth Phoenix that Maurice wants to meet Beth in the ring, just the two of them. But they're suspicious. This is a plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a tease. Kevin Owens then appears, and he tells Damien he wants to have a clean match tonight to show off their technical side. I don't want to see Damien come out. And Owens also has an announcement. And that takes place on the Kevin Owens show, where Jimmy Smith and Corey Graves are raving about the news that the Elimination Chamber will be in Saudi Arabia at the Jeddah Superdome that they were Googling, and the venue looks amazing. It's pillarless, from what it's I hear. It's pillarless. The largest pillarless Superdome. The wow. The Jeddah Superdome. Yes. I hate... I mean, anytime I go to a stadium, I'm like, yeah, these pillars. These it's nice pillars. for a stadium with pillars. <laughs> God, anyone could make a work of art with pillars. Do it without <laughs> pillars, okay? There you have it. Not even one. Kevin Owens uh, hates Tulsa, but he loves Seth Rollins. And he welcomes out the next Universal Champion, as he is predicting. And they have a discussion. Should we stand or sit? Let's stand. And they destroy the seats. They just knock them over. uh, Kevin puts over Seth for his marvelous attire and the courage to walk onto SmackDown and confront Roman Reigns, stating that he might be the head of the table But Seth, you set the table and says that when Seth wins the title, he's going to bring it to Raw. Rollins, by the way, was absolutely insufferable during this segment. I mean, is it just me? You know, sometimes I wonder, but um, I I'm I'm starting to wonder, though, if he is the worst, because, I mean, there are plenty of candidates on this show, at least like he. Man, I don't know if I I don't even know if I could say anything nice to him. But like on this show, there are certainly people that I think are were more aggravating than maybe even Seth Rollins. So the idea is Rollins is going to win this title, bring it to Raw, and then they're going to get rid of Lesnar and Lashley from this show. Owens announces he's entering the Rumble. And Priest comes out calling them delusional idiots. No one believes that Rollins can beat Reigns and suggests that you two don't wake Damien up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fear? What's wrong with this? Why did you pause? I'm You're just expecting uh, me to have some remark about it. I wanted to critique? just let it sink in that Damien is asleep right now. Don't wake him up. Mm-hmm. Veer is still asleep on main event. I think he's screwing with us. I don't even think he's left his apartment. Probably like he's like the guy who like who's like he, who keeps texting. I'm I'll be there. I'll be there in five minutes. I'm in the cab. Could, couldn't he be then, the therapist for Alexa? Why? Just give him a role. Him as the um. Okay, be why interesting. Not? Why not? Why can't he be Alexa? Why can't he be the doll? He could be the doll. That's fine. Is that your suggestion, Veer, as the doll? No, it's not. No. Oh. Okay. He's a very decorated athlete who I'm anticipating making his appearance. You know? They really like this is a long term build for this guy's debut. Kevin Owens and Damian Priest, uh, they went through a commercial break. Uh, Priest fought back with the broken arrow and then stops a superplex. Owens hits a swanton. Uh, Stunner and Reckoning get blocked, and then Owens hits the pop-up powerbomb. Priest kicks out, and then Owens is selling his knee after taking a choke slam. The referee is checking on him, but it's all a ruse as he outwits Damian Priest, hitting him with the stunner and pins Damian Priest. He pins Priest, but will he have to contend with Damian? Um, not this week, evidently. Yeah, he he didn't. 
He did not awake Damien. I mean, I think we know the way to awake Damien, right? It's to, like, attack him with a weapon or, like, you know, do something really terrible to piss him off. And Owen's in the injury. I mean, that wasn't enough. You know, it didn't really damage him. I think you have to strike him in particular, like, in a spot in the head to awake Damien. I think there's doom coming for Kevin Owens. Yeah, okay, maybe, yeah. Yep. Really lively crowd. I think Owens is a spectacular performer. So, you know, even in a match like this, the crowd was given a show. Like, he, he does spectacular dives. Um, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I guess I'm not that surprised they gave him the win because I suppose he's going to beat Priest but lose to Damien. You know, until he pinned him, when one of the announcers said he has pinned the United States champion, it did not even dawn on me that this man holds a title. Yeah, I think I vaguely remembered. So he's going to get a title shot, we think? I mean, this wasn't even a, um, a championship contenders match, so I, I don't even know if this even scratches the surface of getting into contention. Okay, we'll find out. Sarah Schreiber spoke with Nikki Ash. And she is standing on her own. She's never felt better. She states Rhea Ripley was not the friend she thought she was. She is the one that broke up this team. She is the villain. And it's the closest the people of Tulsa will ever come to having a superhero. And sometimes you have to do what regular people don't understand. And Rhea will realize she needs a superhero. Mm -hmm. Delivery aside, you know, like these... these I don't think this these have ever been um, strong suits of, of Nikki Ash in this system, but I like the character. You know, this type of delusional superhero is is what I've always wanted this Nikki Ash to be. So we'll see how how far they take it. I I think it's at least refreshed her completely. The Alpha Academy are out to a pomp and circumstance for their graduation ceremony, and. The, the latest insult on Tulsa is Gable stating the odds of anyone in Oklahoma graduating are slim. He doubts most of them even have any kind of education. And they're chanting RK bro after Gable continues to insult them. And he presents the diploma to Otis, who Gable notes has no last name we know of. I guess Dozovich was completely erased from the record. Pretty much, yeah. So Otis says that he has reached his full potential and he promises carnage for anyone that messes with them, which is a really nice uh, promise to make. Out comes Riddle in his own cap and gown, and he has prepared a speech. Gable interrupts, stating the audience cannot spare another brain cell, so please stop, and figures that Riddle is seeking a rematch and asks Riddle, can you even define rematch? And Riddle's response is, it's like... When you light something twice. And I guess he was expecting that this crowd was just going to lose their minds at a marijuana reference. And then he explains, like a candle, like a candle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Edgy. Very, very edgy. Huh. Um, man, this uh, 1996 dialogue is just uh, put, put the children so to bed. We're getting a pot reference. I mean, when I, to me, the only way I can really make sense of the rest of this show is when I try to watch it through the eyes of a seven-year-old. And maybe to a seven-year-old, you know, these sort of pot references are scandalous. So I think that would make sense if you heard, you know. The, like, the odds are that wherever that seven-year-old is watching, it's probably legal. Yeah, sure. I guess so. You're right. Is it legal in Oklahoma? Okay, whatever. Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> they agree to a rematch if Riddle can prove his mental aptitude in an academic challenge. And when Gable says this, there is a close-up. They zoom in on Otis's face looking so scared at the notion that he is going to have to participate in an academic challenge. There will be a series of tests to prove the mentally superior team. And Otis gets so upset at Riddle, he goes after him on the ramp, leaving Gable to get blindsided by Randy with an RKO in the ring. Riddle returns, and Orton puts on the other gown, and they accept the academic challenge for next week. Yeah. 
anytime they announce like something kind of off the wall like this, I mean, I'm I'm kind of met with like a real excited curiosity, you know, like oh okay, like this this is sort of like the the smart gimmick, the guy with the smart gimmick and the guy with sort of the dumb gimmick having to do an academic challenge. That that could be interesting. That could be fun. And I think that, this has the, the the chance to be a an entertaining segment. No, it could it also no, it can't, John. Because anytime you, <laughs> anytime we get excited about these, when we see it in execution, <laughs> it's always the 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 most awful stuff. Like this we, is going to be insane. This is going to be where I, in my mind I imagine it's going to be, be worse than fantastic. that because it's going to be Riddle, John. You know the level of writing that they give to, to these. But you know what, Matt Riddle Gable, Gable has been very entertaining in these in these segments where not, he is not entertaining enough to save it. I have to wow. say. Hey, Colby John in the chat saying weed is very legal in Oklahoma. Okay. Thank you very much, Colby, for that. All right. Uh, we get a clip of Finn Balor beating Austin Theory last month, and Austin walks into Vince's office. And there's going to be a rematch tonight. Austin explains that he took out Finn Balor and he missed action, which is like a half victory. Vince says there's no such thing as a half victory. And he threatens to beat up Austin Theory if he loses tonight. I'm going to break every bone in your body. And there's going to be blood and snot and broken teeth remaining. And then I'll take my phone. And I'm going to take a selfie. And I'm going to send it to your mom. The positive, okay? The positive. I've been very negative on this Vince McMahon anytime he opens his mouth. Give me the positive, please. Yeah, I understood positive. every word he said. I do not have to rewind this. I heard clearly every word he said. And that is the bar now for a Vince McMahon segment. Did mm. I hear? Was he coherent word by word? He gets a pass on that. Okay. Yeah. I guess then there hard. was the rest of it. <laughs> this was him threatening to... Uh, I, I mean, he was almost promising to mutilate a man. Which yeah. I don't think they're in that kind of business. So I don't know what he was threatening here. I didn't right. like this this tone of voice. Yeah, this kind of gory. The children, way. The children. Yeah, would the advertisers appreciate this? Blood, snot, and broken teeth? You know, I, I continue to really wonder what the point of these segments are, other than to maybe, you know, gi again, give airtime to Austin Theory by putting him in, on screen with Vince McMahon. But I... What sort of emotion do you think Vince was trying to elicit here? Was it actually supposed to be fear? Because I, I just, I mean, I got kind of scared, but it was because I was creeped out. These are like, con these continue to be the most like creepy segments, you know? Imagine your boss bringing you into a room and then ta talking you in his gravelly voice, threatening to spit you out. Why do does he have, why does he have Theory's mother's phone number in his phone? Um, he's got his access to his phone, I suppose. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what sort of agreement they have? Well, this is um multi-camera shoot again. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yes. Vince McMahon continues to be um, a very puzzling character that exists on these programs. Uh, wonderful video on uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. here. This was done to a, a John Legend uh, song. And... It's a very nice video. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always on Martin Luther. By the way, happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody celebrating in the States. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. It's always nice that they take the time to, to you know, show videos and recognize it every year. Finn Balor and Austin Theory. This is Balor's first appearance, they noted, since December the 20th. Uh, Theory got reversed and sent into the barricade on the floor. After the break, Theory goes for the ATL, but Balor counters. He misses the coup de grace, drop kick by Theory, and he hits the ATL on the second try 
and pins Balor. He continues the attack afterward, a third ATL, and takes another selfie and tells him, expect the unexpected. Yeah. So pretty pretty solid win here for Austin Theory that they clearly have very, very high hopes for. Yes, they do. Yeah. Finn Balor, on the other hand. They do not. Yeah, I'm not so sure, you know, like... I wonder if the demon would do any better against this this version of Austin Theory. I don't know. He he at this point just feels like a background accessory to this whatever Vince Austin Theory life lesson segment they're cooking up for next week. He is uh he's becoming Raw's Ricochet. Yeah. Schreiber is with Rhea Ripley and said that uh, they could have remained friends. She isn't the villain, and if that's what Nikki thinks, she's delirious. Okay. Means that Nikki uh, has some booking experience, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we thought we were. <laughs> I think you've been corrupted. Guys, this is all John. I got. Okay, this is all I got <laughs> on a Monday night. Okay. We've been watching way too much of this show. <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Ash, the match that they dangled for us, but they took away. Queen Zelina and Carmella come out. And they explain that everything they predicted about Nikki has come true, about her being the weak link. Rhea should be thanking them for giving her the push to move on and that Nikki is a low-class loser. Then, I don't know, I probably spent way too much time trying to listen to this line and make sense of it. Zelina says to Rhea, you don't have the guts to be champion all on your own as she looks down at her tag team championship. You don't have the guts to be champion all on your own. I would struggle to make sense of that if she was referring to the singles title, much less this tag title that she is clearly referencing when she says this line. You are too scared to be tag champion on your own? Is that... Wait, yeah. wait. Was that what she was saying? Like, are what are, are they? Are you suggesting that we're going to get a, a some sort of rematch? The line was, "You don't have the guts to be champion all on your own." What does that mean? I mean, I t- I took it to, to to mean like a transition to to the singles division. Is that not no? I I I'm not really sure how that would make sense too in this context. Um, so she, she's scared to be the women's champion. That's how I took it. Because Zelina's not the singles champion. Um, uh huh. Okay. Is she saying that like, like you're 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 scared to uh, be on your own? But she's not at all. She chose to be on her own last week. It would be yeah. the complete opposite of that statement. I don't think we're supposed to think this deeply about it. We're Nikki, the then- only two people in the world thinking this deeply about. That line. Nikki just jumps Rhea. The match never starts, and they booed Bicky. Uh, they booed Nikki. Yeah, I thought all of this again was really terrible. Um, I don't know anybody who would like flip around and like catch the show and decide to stick around, other than somebody who's like intrigued by the weirdness of it all. You know, like, 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 have you ever like, you know, like when you're watching TV, like flipping through and see, you see like this weird B movie, you're like, what the hell is this? This looks awful. I got to stick around. That's the type of fan that I think they're attracting these days. When was the last time you were flipping through channels and stopped on a program? I I don't even have TV. I don't have cable. So like, I never do that. I sit down and I know what I'm going to watch or I'm going to start something from the beginning. I'm never just flipping up and down, looking at what's on. Or I got my guide on. I'm not fli- physically going to each channel and looking at what's on. Yeah, I'm assuming like many people don't do that anymore, especially with, you know, on demand and, and over the, t- the top. But when I when we didn't have that stuff, I, I would just yeah, like I would just sit down to quote unquote watch TV, not knowing what was even on. And I just kind of flip through and I would find a bunch of weird shit like that. Including- it's a more interesting discussion about like the idea of, you know, just television naturally, you know, creating new fans like how you're finding it versus I think a larger amount of the audience that is not looking for 
what they're looking for. Like they are sitting down with an intent to watch and you're not just stumbling upon programs that once upon a time, that was how you were going to like, probably most of us found wrestling by just flipping through channels and not necessarily seeking it out from other means. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what effect does that have on, um, advertising dollars, seven year olds that are worried about these weed references? Sure. Yeah. What, what effect does that have on a, you know, professional wrestling trying to garner a casual fan base? I'm not, uh, yeah, sure. This, I feel like this, not the place to have this conversation after talking Rhea, about Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash is the exact <laughs> intersection point for this conversation. Reggie and Dana are getting ready for the match while Tozawa, Truth, Tamina, and a referee are in the back eating popcorn, watching them talk. Her advice is stay away from him, which is a hell of an advice for a singles match coming up. Omos and Reggie, it begins. There's a cameraman literally right in the ring to shoot the low angle shot as they are uh, going. I I was going to say face to face, but it was more like face to torso. And Tozawa and Truth run out. They get dispatched by Omos and Reggie leaps off the turnbuckle, is caught, tree slam, and he is pinned in 28 seconds. I will say this about Omos. He's got a good roar. Like where he just yells. Yeah. He's got that down. All right. Um, Where would you rank him? the roars in pro wrestling history. Mm, um, cool. He's, he's, a good roar. You know, Brock, Brock certainly had a good roar. Braun Strowman, he kind of did a, a roar thing. Of recent memory, yeah. Sort of um, like a lion wrestler. Uh, there's plenty of lying wrestlers, but lion, mm. I don't know. Um, okay, greatest roar. Roaring Hall of Fame. We'll throw it out to the people. Maurice is out for her face-to-face. She explains the Miz is not here tonight. That means he is. And he's got a big mouth and agrees to things without asking her. So Maurice is here to clean up his mess and asks for Beth Phoenix to come out and talk face-to-face, mother-to-mother. So Beth comes out for a mother-and-father-to-mother chat because Edge is accompanying Beth. She's not going to get hoodwinked here by Maurice. Maurice wants to cancel the match, and Maurice, I thought Maurice was actually pretty entertaining here, playing off of the fans. They were booing her, and she explained, I have the microphone. I can speak louder than you, and she tries to plead with Beth. We came up in the same era. We made the women's division what it is today, and they headline WrestleMania because of our work. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be best friends. Our kids should hang out. We should go for coffee after this and talk it out. Beth tells her, can you please shut up? And she is not buying any of this. The match is not off because she is not going to miss out on this opportunity to team up with her husband. And I am going to glam slam your ass through that canvas. And maybe we'll give you a preview right now. And Beth goes to enter the ring when Miz appears to attack Edge on the floor. And from behind, Maurice, who came out with her purse, blasts Beth with the purse. And they reveal a giant brick inside of the purse that took out Beth. Classic, isn't it? Brick inside the the, the purse, yeah. I I like the physicality in this. You know, I thought it was a good way to continue this for another week, this time giving the heels the round. I thought Maurice was really good. I didn't think Beth was as good. You know, I, I don't know if, like... I don't know if Beth ever played, like, this sort of um, character. Um, and I, I, I don't know if she's necessarily found her voice as this sort of... Um, I guess wife character rather than, you know, somebody who's just, who just kicks ass way. I think I speak for everyone in the zoom room. When I say, can you please (laughs) shut up? This is sort of like a merge between, I think, um, like like physically, you know, she looks incredible and I'm sure in ring she'll perform great, but like, it's almost like commentary Beth that we're hearing in promo. And, I I I I don't know. Some of those lines don't necessarily land land too well, but it does the job, you know. Ultimately, 
The street profits are in the. <laughs> this was another great one. The street profits are in the back. They're talking about the rumble, and Dawkins asks if Ford is going to toss him out. And before Ford can answer, Ray and Dominic show up, father and son, and Ray explains <laughs> that the two of us. The two of us, me and Dominic, are going to outlast 29 other men. <laughs> so then Dominic says, guys, we are going to toss 29 others out and take the Mysterio name back to the main event of WrestleMania. And the MVP of this segment was Corey Graves, who would not let this flawed math go unchecked and noted that if both of them are planning to win, they will not be throwing 29 other men out. That is not the numerical number of participants. Well, I'm glad whoever handed them the script, um, you know, decided to let that one go. Um, Yeah, that's kind of silly. So the eight-man tag was the Street Profits and Father and Son against Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Apollo Crews, and Commander Aziz. Graves kept a straight face, throwing out the possibility of Robert Roode headlining his first WrestleMania. Maybe it's going to happen in 2022. Maybe. After the break, they're in control of Ray. Hot tag to Dawkins. Aziz runs in. It's a leaping kick by Ford. Ziggler and Rude get sent to the ropes. Double 619. Then Aziz catches Dom on the floor. Ray knocks them down. And it ends with Dawkins delivering the spine buster to Cruz from the heavens. And Ford gets the pin. Fun eight-man tag uh, for the time that they had here. And then the four baby faces are celebrating in the ring when Ray and Dominic hatch up a plan and they toss the Street Profits over the top rope, allowing the commentators to announce, let the mind games begin. And then Ray throws Dominic over the top rope and laughs, laughs at Dominic. Dad, we're on TV. I'm going to come at you with hell and fury at the Royal Rumble. This is unacceptable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every year it's it's one of these and I as opposed to weeks in. Yeah, I suppose. I think these are important if it's the first time that you're ever holding a Royal Rumble and your audience has never seen one of these before. You know? Just like how in Terminus, yeah, you sacrifice one of these matches to show off the DQ rules, right? Um you can do one of these, you know, throw somebody over the top rope for no reason on free TV in the lead up to Rumble once but by this point i'm pretty sure every single person watching the show still has seen exactly what a royal rumble is and i think it's about time we get into like can't we get into some of the deeper strategies involved in the rumble you know or or at least like just please just treat this thing as if it was like somewhat realistic and i don't know let's be done with like the whole mental mind game advantage dominic you've been holding on to that middle rope all afternoon what are you doing I'm holding yeah. on. I would like to see that, actually. People practice, you know, holding onto ropes. Sure. Be something novel. Oh. Then we got, without question, the best thing on this show, which was our 24-7 style feature for Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, built around the theme of Forge. Mm-hmm. Forge way. We got highlights from Webster, South Dakota, where they had to dust off footage of Brock from 20 years ago when he allowed them to shoot him on his property and never again since. Uh, University of Minnesota Wrestling winning the 2000 NCAAs, WWE success, the first run, the UFC, and then coming back, murdering John Cena at SummerSlam, the taker uh, under the undefeated streak. And then we go to Lashley with his wrestling footage, joining the Army Uh, Becoming ECW champion. We got some Bellator footage in here and then returning to the WWE. This was five minutes and it was so great. It was great. It was, it tells you everything about them. It presented it as a serious sporting event and gave it a professional big fight feel. No silly angles, no cringy bullshit promos. And the thing is, I, I feel like this was probably the easiest thing that they did on this show. 
I mean, not to say like, you know, the editing is easy because they have incredibly talented editors and producers and scriptwriters and voiceover people that work for them. But in terms of creative, there's nothing to think about here. This is their real life. And often when you just tell the truth, it is the most impressive and drama filled thing that you can tell rather than, I don't know, having to come up with like terrible dialogue and how about a fart joke? Could you have fit that in somewhere here? Uh, I don't know. Would you put that bef- between the Bellator run and the the WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Trump match, which they did not show actually. They only had so much time. They they yeah, had to you know certain things hit the cutting room floor, and unfortunately, uh, the Donald Trump uh, match did, didn't make it into Lashley's illustrious history. Mm, okay, maybe the extended cut. <laughs> The Miz and Maurice are leaving the arena. Kevin Patrick asks if they want to comment on their vile actions. Uh, Sure, we'll take some time to talk about this. And they said it only took one shot for Beth to go down, and they made the grit couple look like the shh. And Maurice covers Miz's mouth because he was going to call them the shit couple. They're the shit couple. Well, you could say shit on cable TV now. Yeah, I thought thought we'd broken down barriers over the last two years. Hmm. Next week, it's Maurice's birthday party on Raw, and Miz is going to throw the biggest celebration for her, and they just make out as Kevin Patrick stands there awkwardly. He actually left after a while. Well, Poor guy. Birthday. So we're getting the academic, uh, we're getting an academic challenge next week, Miz's birthday celebration, and the Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley weigh-in, which I promise will be better than the weigh-in that we saw last year on pro wrestling television. It's a good chance, yeah. Alexa is back for week two of her journey back to Raw with her therapist. And she is warned about her actions from last week, and there are less breakable objects this week. We have a lot of work to do, but when we're done, you'll be well on your road to recovery. So this week, we played word association. Trust, she says, Lily. Friend, Lily. Doll. This starts to raise the ire of Alexa. And then he says the word that you do not say. Imaginary. Mm -hmm. I wish that this segment was a figment of my imagination, but it actually did happen. And the time was up. This is a very short session. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so, you know, these are going to be a bit slower moving. I sense. (laughs) You know, two weeks in, I I feel like we've all we've done is really reestablish what the Alexa Bliss character is. Is she no gonna get a clean change. bill of health next week and be sent to the Royal Rumble? I don't know. Maybe this therapist is gonna, you know, turn to turn evil, turn into oh. the Firefly Funhouse in a company here. I'm not sure. But um I you know, I, I just simply look at these to see if, if we'll get any sort of character change from Alexa. And two weeks in, maybe they're saving it up. I don't know. But two weeks in it feels like they're they're sticking with the same character. So, but it is early. You know, we could be getting weeks of these. Yes. Long road back. Her and Veer. Main event was Bobby Lashley against Seth Rollins. This is 100% a nitpick, but the amount of times that Jimmy Smith, like not once did I think he referred to Seth or Rollins. It was like Seth freaking Rollins so many times that it's like there's it's like an electric shock that goes down my, like down my neck when i hear this you know it's it's his direction i understand that but it doesn't mean i don't hear it every single time i mean you're you're supposed to hear it all the time that's how you you're supposed to refer to him as now god forbid if during my regular work week i forgot the man's nickname seth Freaking Rollins. You know, not not many people in the WWE like get their nicknames embedded inside their official WWE names. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they they really in love fact, that word. Yeah, the, most of them don't get like the you know where it's right on the screen, but many of them it is like a mouthful whenever you have to talk about them. Oh, they're all yeah, they're all full of like you know. Uh, 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 like the dreadlock dynamo <laughs> Kofi Kingston, you know, like they're always some. What was Jeff know. Hardy for a while? The rainbow haired warrior. Sure. Yeah. Of course you have, what is it? The Celtic warrior. A lot of warriors. The Scottish warrior. <laughs> the co- you know, Formerly psychopath, then warrior. Yes. He made that transition. Oh, psychopath. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, uh, we need a whole encyclopedia of this stuff. Yeah. Jimmy Smith lamented the frustration of being Seth freaking Rollins, who just wanted his singles match at day one. Uh, so anyway, they, they go through a commercial break and they come back. Jimmy Smith says, back here on Raw, where not too many people thought this would be a competitive match. It's like, this This is the guy that's, these two are going for your world championships in two weeks. And Corey Graves, who I thought actually was very good on this show, dude, he just got over Jimmy Smith for this comment and just put over Seth Rollins and said exactly that, that this is our, this is the guy that's going for Roman Reigns championship. This is uh, our main event. It is very competitive. Rollins works on the knee, hits a dragon screw and a half crab, but then Lashley gets away out of the way from the stomp and hits a bunch of belly to bellies and goes for a spear. It's stopped with a knee strike. Lashley bounces out of the corner and takes the pedigree, but Bobby Lashley kicks out of the pedigree. Rollins then gets stopped on the top, is thrown off as Jimmy is just yelling about Seth freaking Rollins and the almighty Bobby Lashley. The match is going along, and then how are we going to get out of this? Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander have your answer. They show up on the floor attacking Bobby for the DQ, Lashley makes his own comeback, suplexing these two geeks, nailing one into the post, drilling another through the barricade with a spear, and Bobby is okay. Seth watches all of this from the ring when the Usos appear and double super kick Seth Rollins, and the show ends with the camera on the Usos doing the work of Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I thought the match was pretty awesome before the DQ. Um, it was a finish that I think maybe we would have expected given that both men are challenging for the championship. And ultimately, all this main event was there to do was to, number one, fill time, provide, I suppose, a compelling main event for the people that are paying for the show and to promote the, the matches. And this was the the most creative way that they could think about doing both. Just have them run in at the end to DQ the match. Raw needs to adopt those terminus rules because then Cedric and Shelton would be banned from WWE. Wow. Expul- expulsion. Uh, sure. Yeah. We we wouldn't get 20 count. We wouldn't get count outs, period. So that was the end of Raw. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the main event too uh, until the end. But I mean, it almost comes with the territory when uh, you put a match like this together. Of It's not so much... Oh, you're so excited to see this match on TV. It's by a if, certain point. How will they get out of this? If Raw was 20 minutes and you only played me the main event and it cut off before the finish took place, I, thumbs up show. But when you water down that 20 minute main event with just doo doo, literally. It's just not that impressive anymore. I can't get that excited about any morsel of good wrestling on the show when it's just surrounded by, you know, stuff that is also that is unfortunately not that good. So um think I'm trying to be nice here by saying I, I didn't like the show that much. Well, um there was that video package. <laughs> that was and- good, right? It was good, but let's be honest, John. That's only good because we never see it in WWE. That is the type of video package you see on any UFC countdown. Like you, you see it on the on the AEW Road Twos. You see it like you see it on the WWE Network when they take when like you know they they don't have their their hands all over creative and you just kind of let the people tell their own stories. They're always excellent. Like what you saw tonight was, I would say, pretty bare bones in terms of like, hey, here are the Wikipedia highlights of this person's career. And we look at it, and I agree with you. It was amazing. But that's only because, again, the rest of it is so bad. Before we end off the show, do you know where you were 17 years ago today? Ooh, okay. So 2005? Yes. January 17th, 2005? 17th. Okay, I'm trying to think. Um... So it would have been, I don't even know if I was working at the Fight Network at that time. Oh, I don't wait, think I was working wait for a the minute, law. Wait a minute. Okay. Then you were not with me on this night. I had it yeah. confused. Okay. So where I was on this date, uh, I went to Raw on this date at the Air Canada Center 
Mm-hmm. For some reason, I in my head, you were with me, but you're right. I wouldn't have even known you at this point. But I came home that night uh, after attending Raw at the Air Canada Center, which, by the way, I looked this up, featured a main event of Gene Snitsky versus Kane ending in a no contest. So, so we should it. be thankful for modern day Raw is what you're saying. Well, this you also got Shawn Michaels against Christian. Well, dude, this is just like feast or famine. Batista against Viscera. <laughs> anyway, so I watched Raw. <laughs> I came home and at like whatever time I got home, one in the morning or something, decided, oh, that show started tonight on Spike TV. The Ultimate Fighter. Wow. Episode one of season one. I didn't realize it was following a, a Toronto Raw. It was. That first yes. one. Wow. Yes. So Was that the, the first spritz? Was that the Chris Lieben spritz? Or did That's we right. have on uh, on Jason Thacker's bed? Yeah, wow. That was that was the first episode. Hey, the combat sports world changed completely. With that episode, yeah. It immediately followed Raw on, on Spike, and I mean, I, I love the episode like from the get go. It was like just so novel that you were seeing any kind of like UFC representation on like a cable network. Mm-hmm. But it was that first big dramatic end when. They announced at the end of the show, next week, it's Chris Lieben against Josh Koscheck. And that was one where it's like the show ended and you're like, oh, my God, I've got to wait a week to yeah. see this fight. That show was a like success from that moment on. Well, as much as as much as Griffin and Bonner get all the credit, it was like Lieben, Bobby Southworth and Josh Koscheck. That show was a success because of that that feud on that mm-hmm. program. And it just took off. Completely agreed. You know, uh, for me, I, I was a fan who, like, I think I'd always heard about MMA because it was, like, adjacent to professional wrestling. Like, Dave would cover it. The law would cover it. But I had no interest in it because I never got to see it. And it didn't, you know, it just didn't appeal to me. None of the characters I really knew. This show, like, for me, at that point in my life, completely replaced professional wrestling. Because it was professional, it was it was storytelling essentially. You you're taking you know what what at that point was a very popular template of reality TV drama, and unlike other reality TV shows, you actually have a way of paying it off when when you see the two people who are at odds actually fighting each other. And you know the byproduct of that of that you're is that you're building characters, okay? Combat sports, professional wrestling, storytelling. You're building characters. You're building rivalries that can, that are believable, and you're educating an audience on a set of rules and um, uh, moves and fighting styles that ultimately would, I mean, no pun intended, you know, create a, a, a just millions of fans, you know, to to this brand new sport. So. I, I don't think they, I mean, certainly I don't think they could have foreseen the, the amount of success um, that, you know, the show would have achieved, but it absolutely changed combat sports. And it ultimately, I think, had a m- much influence in professional wrestling as well. It was like following Raw was like, a, a, I'm not going to say like the only reason, it, but it was a factor. Like you're mm-hmm. talking a two hour Raw and then you're following this and let's be honest by 2005 like you you're going through some years where WWE has declined and i think you are seeing an audience sort of fade out and all of a sudden this thing is thrown at you and it, it just was for- catered towards adults it was realistic it was believable of course it was realistic the fighting was real right so to, for me, it completely like fulfilled what I was missing from pro wrestling. Like if, at the if you were a fan of like Mid South or Jim Crockett Promotions, yeah. like that show was going to speak to you a lot clearer than WWE in 2005 was go- was going to. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we we and this is when like there's no MMA on TV. The idea of seeing a fight on cable was totally novel in 2005, and they were able to see that immediate um, effect where. In February, uh, it was the Tito Ortiz, Vitor Belfort fight, and they got a bit of a spike there. And then that much more when the coaches, when Liddell and Randy Couture had their second fight in April. And it was like, we're not just going to attract an audience on TV. These are people that are going to pay when these fighters end up on pay-per-view. And I mean, the rest was history, but that it, it's totally was the game changer for the company because like Spike was not even paying for that show. Like the Fertitas, the UFC had to pay for the production. It was like ten million to finance that season just to get on Spike TV, and it was a game changer for UFC. It was a game changer for Spike. 
they're able to walk away from WWE around that same time and realize we've got this new brand that we can build this entire network around. So it was one of the most important um, programming decisions, like in my lifetime of, of watching this, of like just those pieces falling together. And that was, you know, the rest was history for the UFC. You think Vince looks back at that and, and wishes he could have done something about I mean, that, that was, I mean, the, the story that was always conveyed and it was, was Paul Heyman that shared it was, and it's been reported since that like Vince had the veto power that he could have stopped that from airing after raw. And I, I believe that if it was a different time period, if he could look into the future, I don't think he is giving the green light. I don't think he looked at it as anything that, that was going to uh, impact himself but there was you know it's not as pronounced now but there were certainly several years where i think the decline in wwe's pay-per-view business was fans that were now spending that money on a ufc product every month so mm-hmm. i i think yeah if if he had the foresight of what it was going to be yeah i don't think he is if he's able to, to block that i i think he would have interesting well, that is going to bring an end to Rewind a Raw. So, thanks by the way, everybody. we we don't have any feedback. In case you were wondering, yeah, everyone's uh, they're going back to watch the uh, the the promo right now with uh, Zelina Vega. So that is it. We are back on Tuesday. You can get your questions in at forum.postwrestling.com if you want to submit for Ask Away. That will be out on Tuesday night for all patrons. So check out all of that. And thanks to everybody for joining us live or downloading the show. Uh, Tuesday, 1 Eastern, we are live with the Post Daily News Update, and we will speak with you then.